see you, JR. You as well, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Yeah, happy Monday. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So one of the things that has been spoken, uh, I believe it was Dave Sharps when we interviewed him, he had this great line where he said, um, information does not equal transformation. Yeah, yeah. I've been sitting with that. And I know you yep. have a story about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and I totally believe that information is important, but it does not lead to life change. And uh, one of the things that I share in the sem- my seminary classes, like the first 10 minutes of class, is I, I talk about this Russian writer who lived about 100 years ago. And he wrote extensively on theology. And uh, is the things he wrote on, I mean, it was crazy, like religious pluralism, the dialectic of transcendence and imminence, the paradox of grace in relation to crisis. I mean, some of the stuff I'm like, I read it, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, but he, you know, talked about the tension between sanctification and uh, demonization. But for five years, this Russian writer and scholar, he studied at the spiritual seminary in Tiflis, Georgia. Tiflis is the capital city of the country of Georgia. And his name was Yosef Zhugazvili, which is super fun to say. But uh, the seminary trained priests for the Russian Orthodox Church, and it was an incredibly uh, thorough theological education. And Yosef Zhugazvili, uh, he came to appreciate the ascetic life of the theological student. He just had a very simple diet. He wore a cassock. He spoke only in Russian, devoted to reading the Bible. He was just very simple and pious. And he was known for this devoutness. He, he attended church services, led the singing in the choir. Um, but he studied all sorts of things, ecclesiastical history, liturgy, homiletics. I mean, this guy was just brilliant, right? He was one of the top students in the whole seminary. And, uh, and one of the best students, uh, only the best students were sent to the seminary and he was one of the best and he received the highest marks in every class except Greek in which he got the second highest mark, which is totally understandable, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Greek's hard. <laughs> And he was known for reading his Bible often. He'd memorize long stretches of text and he would quote it at will. And when he left, he left seminary right before his final exams, which would have qualified him to become ordained as a priest in the Orthodox Church. But he realized after all this that life as a priest was not for him. So he left and yet people still called him the priest in some circles the rest of his life. So his name was Yosef Zhugazvili. And we go, I don't know who that is. But he's known to the rest of the world by a different name, that being Joseph Stalin. Oh, my goodness. So I, I just, it's amazing when I say that, people's jaws just drop. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I'm just, that always hits me hard. But I'm just curious, like, as you hear that, what is that, what runs through your head as a pastor, thinking about information and transformation, just about Yugoslavia or Stalin? Wow. Oh, <clears throat> I think I'm still in a little bit of shock, but part of what is running through my head is um, almost like I feel like there's this tension that I, and maybe all of us, but I've felt before where it almost feels like sometimes it's really fun to learn a lot about Christ, but he doesn't call us to know a lot about him. He calls us to know him. Mm. And there's a difference between knowing about something and really having it uh, just get into your, the core of who you are. And so I, I think it's sad. Um, I feel like there's, I, I mean, in some ways there are pastor friends that you and I both know that have left ministry altogether because some of those same things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's this idea that if theology doesn't make us more humble, then we're doing it wrong. Yeah. 
And anyway, I'm just so struck by, I mean, when I, when I share this story, I show a picture of him as a, a seminary student and you, you don't recognize him. He's just this shaggy haired bearded guy, <laughs> you know, black and white. And then you show the next picture, like of Joseph Stalin and you're like, what? And so, I mean, the truth is, and I tell the students this, like, he was smarter theologically than all of us, me included, in that whole classroom combined mm. and the amount of damage that he caused. So anyway, I just, there's like a holy fear I have when we talk about or study theology. It's important. We need to, but man, if it's separated from transformation, as Dave Sharps said, uh, we're in trouble. In fact, we can use it as then a weapon against people. So Absolutely. can you imagine like Stalin as an adult and all the and millions of people um, that he, he had murdered? Um, they, in some circles, he was still called the priest. Like, it just, just blows my mind. That's bizarre. That's really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so Doug, how do we, uh, for, for us, the two of us, those of us listening how do we make sure that learning, which is a good thing, right? Love the Lord your God with all your mind. How do we make sure this doesn't become destructive? Like what, what are some practices you cultivate or we could cultivate together that would keep us from having a head that's full of knowledge and a heart that's hardened? How do we do that? How do we cultivate a life with a soft heart and a full head? That's a really good question, JR. I, I wonder if even in most, a lot of you listening have probably have some sort of seminary education or, or really have a hunger and thirst for knowledge, but I, I wonder if part of it is even, how do we talk about it more? Huh. And what are the deeper questions that we can ask one another in those moments to say, hey, uh, that's really cool. I love that paper, but how did it actually transform you? Or, mm. or what things did you notice about Jesus that really just drew something out of your soul? Mm. Um, but I think for me personally, um, you know, I think back to just having time and space with the Lord. Uh, you know, Dave Sharps talked about a, a day away with God. Dog. A dog day. D-A-W-G. Uh, that's the best word. <laughs> but that idea to say, I, here I'm not known by what I'm producing. Mm. And Jesus doesn't really care all that much about what I'm producing today. But he just wants to be with me. Uh, I think that's really... For me, I feel like that's one of the places where I'm reminded of his love and I'm reminded that uh, I could be the sharpest tack, you know, whatever in the drawer. But yet if I don't have this love, you know, I think what Paul writes about love and the way that he looks at that, I don't think it's just about loving other people. and But I think it's a deeper understanding of when we recognize that we're loved by God we move in this space of love because I, Paul's a brilliant dude too, right? Yeah. I mean, when we read Paul, I mean, you know, I've been studying for 20 years, the scriptures pretty intently. And I still look at this sometimes like, I don't even know what that means. Mm. But I think in that it's this beautiful invitation where Jesus is always saying, come closer, come closer, get deeper. Like let's, let's dive into this relationship. So yeah, for me, I, I think just cultivating those spaces where I'm away with the Lord just the two of us, no technology, no, no agenda, no like, all right, I'm going to get away with God so I can plan out my next three years or my next sermon series or whatever. And, and just to say, Lord, it's your day. If you want to bring that up, great. If not, I'm just, I'm present to you. It feels so, so unproductive. Yeah. 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 Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's in many of the classes, I require a four hour silent retreat chunk mm away. And that's some of my professors assigned that for me when I was a student. And 
that was so helpful. And it was just uh, write a one page reflection when you're done, when you get back, but no technology. I even say no Bible and no pen. Ooh, and they're like, what? You're taking and I said, deep. Bible's not bad. Yeah. But sometimes we can even read the Bible at the expense of being quiet enough to hear from God, ironically enough. So I said, I just want you to get away for four, not four one hour chunks, one four hour chunk and no technology, no nothing. And I say, it's an, it's a slam dunk. It's, it's an easy A. And yet students continue to tell me that is the hardest assignment, not just in the class, but the whole, for all of their seminary education. I believe. (laughs) So I'm not sure what that says, but. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting because when you say how I I liked, I, I appreciate what you said, how don't take your Bible because it's, it's weird to think that the Bible can get, get in the way of you sounds so counterintuitive. I, I know it sounds it? so weird, <laughs> but I think part of that is is even realizing like, oh, okay, well, Jesus would want me to read the Bible, so I'm going to do that now. So then mm-hmm. he'll uh, his level will be. Poor, but what does it look like to just be laid bare? Yeah, just say I don't have anything to hide behind. You know? Let me make a note here for all of you uptight listeners. <laughs> this is not anything against the Bible. Yes, we love the Bible. We do. We have high regard we for scripture, it. but there are times, and I speak very uh, embarrassingly and vulnerably about this, where Sometimes my Bible is my escape to keep me from actually quieting and listening to God. And uh, the goal of reading my Bible is not to know my Bible. It's to know the God of my Bible. Yes. And sometimes we look at the actual pane of glass rather than looking through the glass into the world out on the other side of the window. Ooh, and, uh, and that's a different shifting. way to... I yeah, like that. Yeah. I like that. So, I mean, but the, the assignment of getting away... Uh, I remember a professor of mine, when he assigned it, he told a story and he said that there were three uh, Korean female students uh, in one of the classes. And uh, he said that he made this assignment to do it once. And uh, there was some lost in translation there. They didn't fully understand the assignment. And uh, he came in about a month into the class and said, so how's it going? You know, how's, uh, how's your day away? You know, has anybody done that yet? And, uh, and he said their faces just fell ashen and uh, embarrassed. And they looked at their feet and he called on them and said, are, are you okay? You know, how's the assignment going? And, uh, and the professor had tears in his eyes and his voice cracked. He said, uh, uh, the, the three female students started to cry and they said, we've tried so hard. We set our alarm and we get up every morning and we've tried and, uh, we failed and what he found out is they thought the assignment was to do four hours every day. Oh, my stars. For a month, they have been trying to do four hours of silent time with God because wow. they thought that was the assignment. Wow. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop in our class. I bet. <laughs> and he's like, so if you're complaining about once, yeah, just remember, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were some students who tried to do this every day for a month. Wow. So anyway, I guess it's uh, the importance of making sure you read the syllabus to know exactly right. what's yeah. written down. Yeah. But just uh, was, I was still moved by that. I still remember 10 years ago hearing that. And uh, that that moved me uh, deeply to hear that. That's beautiful. What? So here's a thought. Uh, For those listening, what if we give you all a challenge and we say, can you plan out four hours in the next month or so and write a two paragraph or even a paragraph to two reflection and email it into us? We'd love to just share those stories with the pastors that are listening. Um, We'd love to hear, you know, what things that 
really stuck with you, uh, what you heard from the Lord, what you sensed, what you smelled, tasted. Even if it was hard and yeah. you didn't hear anything from the yeah, Lord. Yeah, great. Let's be <laughs> honest. I, because I can't tell you how many f- days away where I have been so distracted. Yeah. But I think even to have a space to talk about that is so important. So you can, uh, if your board is going to give you a hard time for that, uh, you, we will write you a note. So let us <laughs> like know. A yeah, note. like a doctor's note. <laughs> We're both almost doctors. so <laughs> Different kind of doctor's yeah. note. <laughs> Can't prescribe anything good. <laughs> Just four hours away with in prayer. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I talked about um, the practice of being away. Are there any practices that you think about, JR, that help keep you in the transformation zone versus information? Yeah, for me, the most important thing is that my morning time with the Lord is not my teaching prep. It can easily be my teaching prep and to think, oh, it's a two for one deal. (laughs) You know, I can be incredibly efficient here. But to me, to make sure that that's separate from uh, that, um, it's good sometimes to overlap that. But for me, I've just found if I can just keep it like devotional in nature where I go in saying like, Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. It ends up being like, Ooh, this would be a great point number <laughs> two in my next sermon. And, uh, just to make sure that, uh, I separate those is very important to me. That's really, that's really good. I, I think that would almost be like hanging out with your wife while doing work at the same time. Interesting. It's, you know, it's that it's a thing good metaphor. like, Oh, I'm here, but let me just take care of this thing real fast. Oh, that's a great point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, th- I think the only other thing that I can think of, and there's probably more that'll come is just having that space where, um, yeah, where for me, I think if I'm reading a ton of theology books, it's mm. good to get into some fiction. Yeah, that's good. Or that's good to good. get into something that's not quite, uh, in the realm of just my brain, but m- my heart. You know, yeah. Great. Maybe reading some poetry or something like that. Oh, that's good. Poetry. Yes. I'm not a fiction guy. I'm just going to out myself. That's All okay. the readers are like, oh, you're not really a reader. <laughs> but poetry. It's a judgment-free zone. <laughs> <laughs> poetry slows me down. It does. Even if I don't understand it, it just slows me down to be able to, like Malcolm Geit recently uh, has been great. A r- recommendation from a from a Canadian leader. She she recommended that. And I've just been loving that. Maya Angelou, I was reading some Maya Angelou today. Uh, it was very, very important for me. But even the stuff I just don't understand, I still feel like it's a John, what is it? John O'Donohue? Yeah. Like Irish guy passed away a few years ago. Amazing. So yeah, that slows me down. Uh, because it, yeah, it, it comes through my heart first in my head rather than head and then my heart. So it's good stuff. Yeah. I, I had a friend who uh, was a spiritual director and he, when we would meet with him in the mornings, we, I was at for t- two week intensives, we'd meet every morning and every evening. And he would always pair, uh, a piece of artwork with poetry. Oh, fascinating. And he said, poetry is like artwork for the soul. Ooh. And I loved that idea and that expression. And because he said, you have to look more intently and allow words and colors to mess with you. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Monday Morning Pastor. We were really grateful for the feedback that we've already received and we're hungry for more. Also, if you have any questions or stories you'd like to share of ways that you're noticing God at work um, or hope that you would like to share with other pastors who are listening, we'd love to hear you. So please feel free to email us at mailbag at mondaymorningpastor.show. We really appreciate the community that's already been forming and we're looking forward to it forming even further. So pastors, may you experience joy this week. 
May you see God at work in things, and may you yourself personally experience joy because of the way that you recognize your belovedness. We'll see you next Monday.